Hello, and welcome back to Roar Lines Radio, the Puck Podcast. We are back after a pretty long, very long break. As always, I'm Doug Leeson. I'm here with Caitlin Dividock, and today we have a very special guest. You might know her from one of like 30 blogs or from her very good Twitter. There's Sivian. How are you doing? I mean, I'm doing good. I, I don't know if my Twitter would classify as very good, but... Um, oh, very, very good. All right. I'm glad to be back around Penn State right now. How are you, Doug? Don't be ever asked that. I'm great. Thank you. How are you, Div? Oh, I'm great. I, I thought you forgot about me for a second, but I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Doug? <laughs> this is actually the <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. We're, we're here to uh, talk about the upcoming NCAA tournament. Penn State's back in it for the second year in a row and second year ever. They will be in Allentown this weekend to play Denver, the returning national champions and the team that knocked Penn State out last year. So we're going to do a little preview with that. Um, does anybody have any opening thoughts they'd like to share on them, on the matchup or on either team? I'm going to let our guests go first. Sarah, you have the floor. Thank you. <laughs> We're the most polite people in the world today. Um, <laughs> I think, okay, I guess we can start with last year, how Godowski, basically, the first thing he said after Penn State lost was that he can't wait to get another shot at Denver, and he hopes he does. So, like, he fished his wish, I guess, even though fans might not be pumped up about playing a really, really good Denver team that's randomly desperate right now because it lost a few games and just lit a fire under itself. Uh, that's not great, but it'll be a great game, and Gadowski wants it, so what he says is usually right. <laughs> yeah, I actually have the quote he shared right in front of me from at Sarah Sivian on Twitter, of course. Whoa. He said, uh, yeah, he said um, something, you know, something about the seniors are leaving, then he said, well, remember this team forever, but at the same time, I hope the guys that are returning use it as motivation. We didn't match up great today. I don't think we were us, and I hope we get another shot at Denver. I'm proud of what happened this year, but we'll use it as motivation. So that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty exciting that Gadowski said that. Yeah, but um, I think we can we can start the pod with kind of a recap of how these two teams got here. Penn State is uh, they went 18, 14, and five this year. So actually, a kind of underwhelming regular season in Big Ten tournament in which they were knocked out in the second round to Notre Dame. Denver, at the same time, was 22-9-8, and uh, and they won the NCHC uh, by beating St. Cloud State, one of the number one seeds in the tournament, in the conference champion final. Um, so obviously kind of two very different stories on how these teams got here. So how do you think basically the momentum going into the tournament makes this matchup I don't know, maybe a little unique. What do you think the difference is in how the teams are coming in? Well, you know, it's kind of different, but it kind of is the same. There's, like, shake-up losses. Like, Penn State lost to AIC and, uh, Mer- I mean, Merrimack. Um, Denver lost to Merrimack and Dartmouth. So it's like, that was it, night after night. So that, nobody expected that to happen. Those were, like, two of the worst teams. And, um I don't know. I think both teams kind of underwhelmed expectations, but Denver is already on another platform of what people expect as the defending champ and like a perennial powerhouse. So I think it's not that different, but at the same time, um, it's kind of like where we were last year where Penn State's the underdog, but it's a little different because I think there's an expectation to move on no matter who they're playing. You know what I mean? Like, there was absolutely no expectation last year. They were just happy to be here, but I don't think it's like that this time around. No, I think fans are almost expecting Penn State to do better than they did in the tournament last year, but with the foe that they have in Denver, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, Denver's coming in with, like, four or five straight wins, and they're very good. (laughs) Like, their (laughs) team is unbelievable, and their offense is starting to, like, do good things. They also have this man named... Uh, Troy Terry, Troy, Troy Terry, who's very bad. He's a bad, bad man. So I think that a lot of fans are going to expect like Penn State to maybe go, you know, a couple rounds. But with Denver, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, they're so good at defense. I mean, they rarely take penalties at all. Uh, that's really unheard of. And that's what they do. And they have 
a great goaltender who says the F word on national television. So anything <laughs> possible. Yeah, he has a, a 929 save percentage. Are you talking about, I'm assuming, uh, I can't say his last name. Gillette, is that it? Giles, J-I-L-L-E-T, Tanner, is that him? Or is that, Tanner. That is, that is the boy, the good yeah. boy. He's very good. He has a 21, eight and seven record. His save percentage is unreal. He doesn't give up even two goals a game. Like this is not going to be very easy. Yeah, he uh, he won the Mike Richter last year, and he played something like 92% of his team's minutes this year and was just as good as he was last year. I don't think he's going to win the Richter because of how good some other goalies have been this year. But, Nail chorus. Yeah, <laughs> Nail chorus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Denver has so much depth, and then their top-end players are some of the best players at their position in college. So that's one of the big differences that stands out to me. But uh, what, about, what do you think maybe in a roster way, what's the biggest difference between Denver and Penn State? Oh, gosh. Um, biggest difference? What do you mean in a roster way? I mean, do you think the depth, the goaltending, what do you think is the, I don't know, the biggest difference? I would say um, it's offense versus defense. Like, it's crazy because the other matchup in the Midwest is – like the best penalty kill versus the best power play. And I think Denver Penn state is one of the best offenses versus the best defense. So, um, I mean, I think it's just that as overall units, um, they play the game completely differently, you know? Yeah. I agree. It is, it is very strength versus strength in that Penn state, of course, has the most shots per game in the country and Denver has, they're 11th in shots against per game. So it, it's like you said, it's going to be strength versus strength, one of the best offenses versus one of the best defenses. But uh, what do you think, Div, about some of the key differences in how the teams match up? I'm kind of the opposite way. Like, I understand that it's definitely strength versus strength when it comes to, you know, Denver defense versus Penn State's offense. I'm more intrigued on how Penn State's defense is going to match up against Denver's offense. Mm. Um, because Penn State's defense as we all know, hasn't been the best this year. It's uh, been really spotty. Um, occasionally it plays well, but a lot of the time they kind of let uh, Peyton Jones hang out to dry. And his save percentage and uh, record has, has shown that this year. Um, luckily, he's he's bounced back in the latter half of the season. But um, And I think that, that is a, a, an attest to uh, how the defense has kind of sort of um, – I tried to get things like more uh, solid on on in front of him. So, yeah, I really think that if if Penn State's defense, you know, crumbles like it did earlier in the season, they're not going to have a chance. I think that they have to at least play decently well in front of Jones, um, so that whenever they're trying to throw literally every puck they can on net and get like sixty shots on goal and try to just run up um, uh, the the score, I mean, I, I really think it's going to fall back in their defensive zone and how well they protect Peyton. Because if they fall behind, we've noticed that if they fall behind one or two goals, um, even against like not that great opponents, they'll end up losing that game. So I think they really need to they pull ahead early, even just one or two goals um, and, and get the momentum uh, really started. Otherwise, they're going to end up playing from behind and they do not do well whenever they play behind. So... Yeah, I'm more, I'm more interested in that sort of aspect of it. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, um, Denver has three people that um, average over a point per game. So it's like, yeah, their defense is probably the best in the country, but their offense is good, too. I mean, at this point in the year, everybody's good at everything. So they're definitely in Penn State's weaknesses on defense. So it's definitely going to have to fire up on all cylinders. Definitely. So we all know, and everyone knows, Penn State has the most shots on goal for them per game. But do you actually know who's second? Tell me Denver. <laughs> Number Denver one will Yeah, Denver is. Um, so wow. Yeah, which surprised me to find out. That's kind of bad news. But everybody everybody also knows about Troy Terry. You know, he went, he played for Team USA at the Olympics. He, he dominated the NCAA tournament last year. But, Siv, you cover college hockey on a more national level. So what can you say about Henrik Borgstrom, who actually leads the team in scoring with 50 points in 38 games? 
Yeah, 22 goals, 28 assists. Um, I mean, obviously that's consistent. He is going to be a force. Um, it, it's crazy how good he is and how he can find angles and stuff. Like, he's just an unreal player. And it's going to be hard to contain that first line, but that's a huge, huge key in winning. And um, that makes me not happy because whatever, but um, Pavlicev's going to be in the lineup. And... He can contain that. I think he's improved so much over the season. And it all started, like, against Denver. And he proved that he could – I mean, he scored a goal in this game. Like, what? Penn, yeah, the first goal for Penn State. And um, it kind of showed that he can hang with good teams if he, he wants to. And I think he's proved he wants to. And his height would scare anybody. Like, nobody wants to go against that. So that's going to be key. Um, Sarah, how do you feel about like the lines when it comes to Denver? Like, are they uh, like really deep on the offensive side of things as well? Like, I know obviously like Terry and Borkstrom are guys to watch, but are there guys on like their bottom six if if, if they do the rankings um, that way? Are there guys that like they can really fill out a roster where like if like the third or fourth line are on the ice, <clears throat> um, is it still like a big, uh, I guess, matchup? difference between them and Penn State or are the top two lines really the only dominant forces? Um, I mean, I think the difference is that their depth won't hurt them. Like, I, I wouldn't say the scoring is even when three players are averaging over a point per game. It can't really be even for everyone. But I think that the difference is they're not going to, if they, it's like the Bruins right now. The Bruins have a clear, like, dominant top line, but their fourth line can go in and go against another team's first line and won't hurt the team or give up a goal. And that's what it's like at Denver. Like, they can they can rely on their first two lines to score, and then when the first two lines need a breather, they can put in whoever else and trust them to not do anything stupid. Yeah. Because um, I think that, like, with Penn State that way, I mean – as we know, Godowski is not a huge man on, on ranking his lines. He kind of um, boosts them up pretty evenly. So, like, I, I'm trying to think of that matchup. Say if, like, you know, the third and fourth lines are out, would Penn State have the advantage there rather than um, Denver just sort of corralling them? Would Penn State be able to, I guess, in a sense, take advantage of... Huh? Sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, hi. Can you hear me now? Yeah. They're good. I can hear you now. <laughs> um, I was just wondering uh, the the I guess the matchups between the bottom six lines on each team. Like I know that Penn State definitely has you know four lines that can roll easily with like most of college hockey's top. I'm not saying that they're equally as good by any means, but they do have the talent um, on the bottom six that is is enough that it wouldn't you know cause headaches or stress. Um, whenever they're on the ice. So would you agree with that? Or would you think that I'm stupid and have a different opinion? <laughs> no, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're definitely not stupid, Div. Yeah. Uh, so we brought up Terry and, and Borgstrom and their goalie, whose name none of us know. Gillette. What player, Gillette. What is Gillette. Yes. Sure. What player in this game are you going to keep your eye on more than anyone else on a, on either team? Oh, boy. You can have more than one answer. I'm going to go first. I think that uh, when, if, with Hamilton coming back, I think he'll be a guy that you definitely need to make uh, an effort to watch. Not saying that he's going to, you know, come out and score two goals and have two primary assists, but I think that his height is definitely – an advantage that Penn State can take advantage of. In that same vein, I'm a huge um, Evan Barrett girl. Um, I think recently he's just come out of his shell uh, so much so that he's, you know, starting to play like he wants to play. Um, yeah, totally. He's, he's very, you know, he's been very t tenacious. Um, he's obviously <laughs> gotten a little uh, chippy with other teammates or teams that uh, he doesn't like very much. Looking at you, Lindgren. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that finally there are guys that are stepping up uh, because other guys like um, Smirnov and uh, the the other scores that we 
at the beginning of the season expected to, you know, come out and play the same way that they did last season um, aren't. So we have other guys filling those roles. And I think Pavlishev and Barrett and um, even like uh, Byro are like just really stepping into the roles. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just like hopefully that they can continue doing that. And it would be even better if, you know, Sturts and Smirnov and Berger and all those guys can continue being a force. Yeah, um, I think that's a great point about Barrett because, I mean, Godowski has said when you have a freshman on the team, you don't you want to be more conservative so they don't make mistakes. But Godowski has said before that series that he likes to dial Barrett. Barrett has a lot of fire and he plays with that and he likes to try to dial it back to make sure he doesn't do anything stupid. But after that, like 30 for 30 where at these shift where he just <laughs> cry, baby. Bundy someone in a clean hit and just goes to top shelf. Um, I don't think you can really tell him much anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I just, he uh, scared line, Ryan Lindgren out of college hockey like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I think that's a good point. Um, or something. <laughs> yeah, I love that fire and I love that um, it all comes together. It seems to come together for a lot of the freshmen um, in the last month. It's it's been good to watch them get used to college hockey because it is such an adjustment and you can see their personalities come through and um, they've been really helpful depth-wise too. And they're just getting better, I think. But um, Doug, who are your people to watch for? Well, I think the number one is the uh, Big Ten's defensive player of the year, Trevor Hamilton. Uh I'd imagine that he would probably be matched up with that Terry and Borgstrom line being, you know, the best defender. I think he, he led the nation in shots blocked, right? Yes, so he did. So in, in a team with Denver that shoots the puck a lot, I mean, I, I hope he's he's ready to block a lot of shots. Uh, and then my other players to watch is, is like you said, that Barrett-Lamoge folks line has been just insane these last few weeks. Um, in the, I think the, yeah, it's starting with the regular season Minnesota series and then first round of the playoff Minnesota series. And then um, I'm not sure if they did, if they got on the scoreboard against Notre Dame, but I think they've been Penn State's best line or, you know, right up there with Smirnov and Sturt's line. So if they can continue, uh, like you said, they don't have much experience. Two of them are freshmen, folks as a sophomore. But if they can keep up with those, you could call them maybe the top two lines of Penn State with Sturt's and Smirnov, if they can keep that pace and really prove that Penn State has the depth to keep up, in addition to the Pavlichev line, um, then yeah, that 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 line with Barrett and Trevor Hamilton's pairing with Kerr, I think, are going to be the biggest difference makers. Not to mention that like Trevor Ham- Trevor Hamilton is also the uh, top scoring defenseman on Penn State as well. Like he, not only is he a defensive force, and not only does he like crack skulls, he also can contribute on the blue line with assists and even goals. So I think he's definitely. Like, I agree with you. I think he's definitely a guy to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point about defense. And speaking of Kerr, he looked, in the last game I watched, the Minnesota games, obviously, um, he he looked back to normal. And I think that's so important for him because you can tell with him when he's hurt and um, he's not at full strength, but he looked like he could come up huge in the playoffs. And um, he's making a few big blocks and I haven't seen him do that in a while and maybe I just wasn't watching but I noticed he looked way better than usual and that's going to be important um especially Trevor yeah he prides himself on his hits more than his goals but he does score a lot and he racks up points and I think there needs to be someone whose main focus is their own end you know definitely especially playing against such a great goalie uh, again, the reigning Mike Richter award winner. Yeah. Penn State's going to need everybody to chip in on offense. They can't rely on Sturts to to score two goals, and they can't rely on Smirnov to have three assists. They they need scoring throughout the lineup, and Trevor Hamilton's one of those guys that can really get things started in that end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as much as we all know how much I like to watch Andrew Sturts, um, I don't think he's going to be able to toe drag 14 times and just not get a goal. Like, I, I don't think that's going to work against Denver. Um, going to need to have some garbage goals, I think. Um, just get the pucks on the net. Classic Penn State hockey. And also, I think people forget about Nate Susis, but 
I mean, 29 points, 35 games, 14 goals, 15 assists. He's pretty consistent over his whole career. Um, he's consistent no matter the opponent, too. I think he can get it done against our opponent. And I think he's a good playmaker, too, especially with Byro, too. And I think I think the Suisse Byro line is going to go good. I agree. Byro's been really hot lately as well. Like, And I've, I don't know if, how many goals he has, but he definitely has a handful in the last, um, I, I'd say, three or four. Um, and he was uh, pretty helpful in the Notre Dame game, even though that ended up in a loss. But he seems to be finding his groove as well, and I think that'll really bode well whenever they're um, matched up against this gargantuan of opponents. Definitely. I mean, Byro's strength seems to have been, like, his two-way play. Like, he came in and we kind of thought he was a defensive forward, but he had 31 points in 36 games this year, not Nine goals, twenty-two assists. So, wow! Yeah, yeah. He's good for you. He's nine point back. Nine point back from Sturts right now. Sturts is forty. He has thirty-one. He's second on the team in points. So, he's been having a pretty decent year, considering like what uh, Doug said. He's usually known as a defensive off, you know, forward, but he's really broken out and been a force. It's been great. Yeah, it's like fun. you said about Susie's. People forget. People, People certainly Byron. don't remember that Brandon Byro is the second leading scorer on this team, but <laughs> they are going to learn today. <laughs> yeah, um, his, uh, his line with the Byro Susie Smirnov line, you typically, and I, I, I was just guilty of this like two minutes ago, you'd usually just hear it called the Smirnov line. Mm-hmm. Even, he, he played the fewest games of, the, uh, of his line mates, but he has, all, he has the fewest points on that line. So, you know what? what? Me and Jim were what? talking about this. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Just at what point do you call it the Byro line? <laughs> I, <hate time. laughs> I think I think the time has come. <laughs> but also, me and Jim were talking about this. Smirnov, I think other teams have kind of figured out his thing. Like, the magician, yeah. But I think they've figured out that he's going to do that and they're going to try to contain him. It's like the best player. Uh, it's like Gronk, like people are on him. It's like, that's the Smirnov college hockey. Um, I think he's going to adjust to it, but it's hard when you go through your freshman year and you can just kind of get away with doing your fancy, whatever you want, because I mean, you're good at it and nobody really saw it coming. And then people catch on and they know how to stop you. And, kind of I feel like it was there was a point in the season where he was just kind of taking really hard hits like every other game and um it seemed like people have caught on but he'll adjust I think the biggest thing about him too is like his freshman year was so 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 good yeah. it was like his own like a breakout year in his first year mm-hmm. and I think that it's hard to say that he's regressed because of the bar that he set himself and exactly. his, his first year but he's really like I guess embodying the the sophomore slump sort of thing. Um, no, and by no means is he like struggling. He has twenty seven points um, in in twenty nine games played. Like that's that's still very good. But he like team and goals too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he's still he's still Dennis Mirnov, but it's just it was insane last year. Right. I right. think and- he he never made the 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 adjustments like you said to to his game, and I think that's hurting him in in a national standpoint. Um, but he's still good. <laughs> uh, even even with that said, I mean, I thought the first six games or whatever this season, I thought he he did look like he had taken a step forward. But then he missed time in the middle of the year, and I that's the issue. I don't think he's really come all the way back. I think he's still, like you said, Siv, maybe the big hits are adding up or something like that. Um, but also to go to your Gronk now. <laughs> Gronk in that he can be game planned for and, and they can take him out of a game. What he needs to be is Nick Foles and just be the best player in the world by so far that they can't stop him. <laughs> Whatever. Dennis Smirnov in goal instead of Peyton Jones and just like strap him to the, the goalpost and see what happens. I think I think because he'll embody a Nick Foles, he'll be able to keep Denver from scoring completely. You're totally right, Doug. <laughs> That's certainly something I never thought of, but hopefully Gadowski is listening to this because, oh my God, that needs to happen. Um, it's so smart. Um, this is a random thought going back to Pavlchev, but I think because I was super petty and whenever Minnesota was knocked out of the NCAA tourney, I had tweeted a picture, of course, 
of uh, Penn State scoring a goal on Minnesota's ice back from, I believe, the beginning of the season. Um, and it made me think of, like, because <laughs> I got a few uh, lovely replies from, from Siv saying that net front Pav is back. And I think, I think being that he's almost seven feet of, you know, massive Russian greatness, <laughs> like stick him in front of Gillette and just have him screen him all night. Looking over a seven foot guy has to be unbelievably hard. Like I realize he's a center obviously, and he's should be more of a playmaker, but like, I don't know if you, if you have a seven, almost seven foot guy, I feel like it's a waste to not use him um, height wise. And Hey, maybe we'll get a return of net front path and they'll take advantage of like rebounds and get some garbage goals and, and go from there. But that'd be great. Now, what if you took Smirnov and put him on Pavlichev's shoulder and had a really good <laughs> French coat? <laughs> Dennis Adultman. <laughs> My French coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to score some goals. <laughs> My concept for this game is to literally just put Nikita Pavlichev in front of the net, cement his skates to the ground, and he's never going to leave. And- <laughs> That's Even cool. after the game, they'll just shut all the lights off. Pavlchev will still be there. Fall him out for uh, for the next game of the of the tournament. That's that makes sense. <laughs> but really, though, I had been obsessively watching him because I used to cover Penn's prospects, and it was like my one joy in life to just connect it to Nikita Pavlchev. And he has gotten so much smarter, and it's like he finally grew into his size and he had always been kind of like screen city, but mm-hmm. he figured out how to make it productive. Let's look at his stat. Nine goals, nine goals. Good for him. Um, but, but is this, yeah, I think he's been good, especially in the power play. Like that'll really annoy um, other folks on the other team. So yeah. And on the, opposite, on the opposite side of that, like he's from what I remember covering them like two years ago, um, or maybe it was, was it two years ago that he was on the team? Regardless, I remember he was like always somehow making him, making a, a, some sort of way to get into the box. Like he would always take some stupid penalty that would always, you know, send him to the penalty box. And I, I haven't really seen that this year. And I've been very happy that he's stopped that. Like you mentioned, he's been smarter and I agree. I think that it's also translating to his, you know, decision-making processes when it comes to committing penalties or not. So that's been good too for him. And I think he'll, he'll just get better as the years go on. He has to, he's massive. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's actually going to be key to this game, but do you guys have any like ridiculous, like if you had to say the most ridiculous thing that you could actually see happening in this game, what would you think? Goalie interference. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna we're gonna stack Smirnov on top of Nikita, and Smirnov's gonna lose his balance and topple over into Gillette, and it's gonna be because of the game-winning goal that's you know taken back because Dennis just couldn't, couldn't keep <laughs> the shoulders. <laughs> but no, I think I think honestly, and this is just my gut talking. Um, I think that Penn State's gonna play a revenge sort of game. Um, I know that it's no, no place for personality in hockey, but, um, I think even with like Barrett showing and how Godowski handled that situation, I think he's really going to be okay with this team playing with a little bit of fire. And I think that this game will be, you know, closer than people are predicting it to be. Um, so yeah, I, I could expect some sort of crazy goal that goes both ways for either team. Um, just hopefully Penn State's on the right side of it. Yeah, and I don't know if my take is is really ridiculous, but I could see that Barrett line having a huge game if if Denver focuses on matching its line ends up with uh, Sturt's Lyro line, then that leaves that third really talented uh, you know line that scores at a high clip with Barrett Lamoge and folks like you know they could go for three goals and uh, sorry it's not ridiculous, but wow. I'm trying to I this podcast that I am a guest on. What about you? That was your question to answer it now. Huh? What what do you think? What's what's gonna happen? Oh see 
I don't even know. Let me think. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I say just strap up Gadowski and let him play. Yeah. Um, I can totally do that. <laughs> I think maybe just like a goal from... Uh, it's gonna end up being like Eric Audio or yeah, I was just gonna say that maybe it's gonna be Eric Audio, Alec Marsh, like someone super random that none of us are talking about. Alec Marsh hat trick, book it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Thanks. the Denver game in the Denver game last year that was kind of a coming out party for uh, Blake Gober. He like he hadn't really played that much in his freshman yeah. year, and he he was one of the best players on the ice. So I could you know I could see a similar thing with. You know, Sam Sternshine, if he's if he even is in the lineup, he could he could have a great game. He's a good energy guy that would make a difference in a playoff game. Yeah, we're really just like ignoring the fact that Jimmy Pucks plays on this Penn State team. Like, I completely forgot about James <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> yeah, James Robinson, like he's been really, really good in these past like five games or so. He's brought a ton of passion, a ton of leadership, some grit, you know, like he's. I really have been in, not not impressed. Impressed isn't the right word, but I've really been, um, I guess, <laughs> like thankful for the fact that he's <laughs> getting involved in a lot of this. Like he's always, you know, like falling or slipping or hitting a guy or involved in like a primary or secondary assist. Like he's definitely the leader, obviously, on this team. I mean, he's got the C on his chest. <laughs> I really, I don't know. I just, I really enjoy Robinson. I think he's great. That was the, I get exactly what you're saying, but that was the, like, worst compliment in the world. He's always falling. He's always falling and slipping. <laughs> he's kind of I'm not impressed. He's the worst skater in the world. No, no. <laughs> nice guy tries hard. No. Actually, I know exactly what you mean, though. Like, that's the thing about college hockey, the want. Like, yeah. that can actually make a difference in these games because, one, Penn State is, like, an extremely conditioned team. So it can, like, actually use that want as something productive. And, like, when other teams are giving up, it can try extra effort, don't quit, Andrew Sturt style. But, um, no, I totally feel you on that. Jimmy Pucks, I could, yes, he's going to score a goal. Yeah, Jimmy Pucks, give it, oh. to, the, give it to the captain. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point about energy making a difference in college hockey. Like that's why uh, that's why a guy like Alec Marsh and Sternshine and Robinson and Gober, who aren't like technically good, <laughs> can, make, can make a huge difference in games like this. Darian Hamilton hat trick, book it. Oh my god, Murray. <laughs> people, people do for he played well though. Like in um response to being forced when Pavlichev. I always feel weird about him. Um, I know. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm a huge Brett Murray truther. I think he is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I missed you guys. See, no, I always wish that he got more minutes and then when he gets more minutes, I'm like, never mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he, he, he played center for the first time ever when, when Pavlichev was out, uh, whatever it was, two weeks ago. And yeah, he was great. He was good. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Let's walk before he can run. But, Sid, uh, you, you've obviously seen Denver play more than Doug and I have. Um, how are they from like the eye test sort of uh, vein? Are they are they a fast team? Are they more uh, technical? Um, disciplined or? Yeah. Oh, they're so disciplined. They it's just they barely give up penalties at all. That's what they revolve their game around. Not taking penalties. I've listened to um, Jim Montgomery the coach talk a lot and um a lot of it revolves around being disciplined and need someone like Sturts to piss them off so they can be undisciplined but um um I think what's the scariest thing about them is that you look at one thing and you're like oh this is their strength and then you look at another thing and you're like oh this is their strength and then you look <laughs> another thing and it's like okay this team is very consistently good at everything um yeah, there's not much, like, tangible weakness. You have to outplay them. And, I mean, that kind of reminds me of Minnesota. Um, obviously, Minnesota isn't as good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but still, um, you can't point out one. Well, yeah, you actually can. They, like, aren't gritty at all. But um, 
I think it's you just have to wear them down every facet of their game. You have to wear them down a little bit, and that's why it's scary. But um, I think the conditioning helps Penn State in that aspect. Um, when it comes to Denver's like schedule, did they have or play anybody in the like NCHC that was similar to Penn State style of play? And then like if they did, um, what was like the outcome? I, I'm that's kind of a really specific question. If you don't know, that's great. I'm just trying to think like matchup wise. If they played a really fast team that's really offensively heavy, did they struggle or did they handle them with like ease? I don't think any team in the NCHC is styled after Penn State at all. Um, I think they play a more def- like defense-heavy game in that league just in general. And, um, but I will say Denver played BU and beat them 4-3. BU kind of reminds me of Penn State right now because – there's a lot of talent and a lot of speed and a lot of want. Um, doesn't always come together, especially defensively. But Ottinger is good now, but he was struggling meaning the season for the um, World Juniors. But I think, yeah, they beat BU 4-3, but it was a close game. Um, that's the thing, too. Denver's really good at close games. So, and Penn State, is Penn State good at close games? Um, I, it depends on if they're leading, I think. Um, if they're behind, say it's like 4-3 or 2-1 or something like that, I think they start to get a little desperate and it, it hurts them. But if they're up, I think that they definitely are, are good in that regard. I'd have to look at the stats, though. That's really interesting. Uh, I mean, they've given up. I don't know. I think Penn State isn't isn't that great in close games. They, no they, game, right? Yeah, I mean, they lost in the last 30 seconds against Notre Dame in their last game. But, yeah, I think there have been a couple times where they give up, like more than a couple times this season, they've given up late tying or late game-winning goals. Yeah, that strikes me as an issue. But, um, yeah, got to strike first, I think. Um, I don't know, but at the same time, see, they lost to Dartmouth and Merrimack, like, that was back to back, so maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that I don't know. But those teams aren't like, <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. And if Penn State's playing Denver one game, it could be better than Dartmouth or Merrimack um, for sure. But it's going to be interesting from a league standpoint to see which conference, like which teams from which conferences, come out alive because. It's been a wacky year for conferences all around with like non-conference games, and um, it'll show the strength of Big Ten for sure if Penn State can hang with Denver this year more than they did last year. Definitely. And to go back to Div's question about who uh, Denver's matched up against, St. Cloud mm-hmm. State is not a team I've watched, but I know that they have a, a really great offense, and Denver yeah. went three one and one against them, including beating them in the conference championship recently. Mm-hmm. So. Denver beats good teams that have good offenses. Yeah, I was going to say St. Cloud State was the most like Penn State, but like St. Cloud State is just... Yeah, they're the most like Penn State, but they're still not really at all like Penn State. (laughs) Yeah, they are really good. (laughs) Penn State's really good too, but it's just a different level. Like, they're (laughs) so, so good. That's my Comparison ends there. Yeah. I've, I noticed that early in the season, back in like November, Denver lost back to back to Western Michigan too, and it was a really high scoring game. Like they lost six five in the first matchup, and then seven four in the other one. And I don't know if that was main. Like I'm not sure exactly what goaltender started that game, but like, is <laughs> is Western Michigan good? Like, is, is that a thing? Early in the season, they were because Flyers prospect Wade Allison was uh, leading the country in goals for a while. That's so that's something I know. That's that's a stat. demolished like seven seven to give up seven and six goals back to back. Just seems like if this team is good at defense and they're letting in you know thirteen goals in two games. I mean, obviously they they righted the ship. I mean, you're I'll see like maybe one goal or two goals, and at most they'll have like four against, and that's even pushing it. But like. You know, it's possible that if you do score a ton of goals on this team, if you manage to do that, they might, you know, 
not win. <laughs> like I'm literally trying to squeeze out any possibility of this Penn State team beating Denver. And like that really jumped out at me. So that first Western Michigan game, uh, the backup Dayton Rasmussen started and gave up six goals, but Gillette gave up seven the next night. Yeah, like I don't know. Like all of Denver's losses were back to back against bad teams. (laughs) Like it's like you have to know what's going on those weekends or like I don't it's like I'm trying to form my brain wants to form some type of um, pattern like all human brains do and I can't like figure that out at all when <laughs> can somebody please tell me why Denver lost the Jarvis because it's like <laughs> <laughs> insane. There, there's no answer oh, there's no answer <laughs> so that's why it's like extremely hard for me to come up with like a logical who do I actually think will win because it's this season hasn't really made sense except for both teams like yeah yeah Denver and Penn State have both had very very terrible losses to not good teams and it just doesn't make sense like you'll see them play you know great great teams in like you know St. Cloud State and and like Minnesota and then they drop duds to <laughs> Dartmouth and like AIC. And it just like, it doesn't make any sense. Of course, I mean, those games are early in the season, but still like it just, this season has been so strange when it comes to, is this team actually good or not? And I think mm-hmm. this, this tournament will be a testament to answering, or I guess yeah, <laughs> some sort of answer to that question. I'm really excited for this whole tournament as a whole because I feel like it's going to give me some logical conclusions because you need to see non-conference games against the best teams in the leagues to see where they're headed. Um, I still think Atlantic Hockey just needs to go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to stop. But other than that, it's like, who the heck knows? So my, my next question here is, Penn State beat Minnesota four times. It's not a question, but wanted to say that. But actually, what we've kind of kind of beat around this a little bit. But what do you think is the actual key to Penn State beating a Denver team that it sounds like we agree is better than Penn State? I would go with they have to score first. They have to score first and set the momentum of this game. Play their speed game. Uh, just rack up tons and tons and tons of shots on goal like I want 60 plus shots on goal I know it's not going to happen but I want that I want them to just outplay the defense and maybe hopefully somehow tire them out but have Denver play from behind and see if you know they can live up to their really lofty expectations otherwise like if if Penn State goes down like two goals or something like that early I think it's going to be really hard considering how technically you know advanced and how defensively minded and good this Denver team is it's going to be hard to crack that not only you know come back from a deficit but then ultimately win so I think that playing from you know not playing from behind would be just the in my opinion the biggest key to trying to beat this Denver team yeah you're not going to catch up to them once they get going Yeah, that was going to be my my point, too. I think if Penn State goes down two goals, the game's, you know, unless it's like two minutes in, the game's pretty much out of hand when you look at uh, Denver's defense and uh, and the goalie. Um, I don't know, do you have anything else to add to that, Siv, about Penn State's key to winning? Yeah, I think the key to Minnesota was that they, I think in the beginning of the season, Penn State got to cocky about their skills which you can't do against anyone in this league it's like one of the best leagues in the world um so i think when they finally went back to playing like penn state club team hockey like just shoot the puck and oh my god we're winning against umass lowell in 2014 or whatever um that is their best type of hockey and they showed that four times in a row against minnesota what they have to do is Keep that underdog mentality, um, piss Denver off a lot, because I don't think teams in the NCHC are kind of like that. They're skill teams, um, but Sturts can just piss them off. If he can find a way to do that, that's good. And um, somebody call Dartmouth and, like, get their playbook or something. <laughs> Western Michigan, too. Yeah. Like, how yeah. did you score seven goals on this team? Like, but, yeah. 
call Troy Terry, like just figure out where Troy Terry is at all times. Don't let him <laughs> make a play at all because I think he's so, he's the most dangerous one out there with the puck. Um, obviously he'll, you saw him in the Olympics too with Donato. He'll make a play um, from nothing. So watch him before their team even has the puck. Just like he's always going to be finessing a play out of nowhere. Um, I think Will Butcher not in the back end is a good thing for Penn State, obviously. Um, I think the experience of having played Denver before and knowing what it's like to play an NCHC champion caliber team, I think Penn, with a lot of the players on both teams are returning too. So I think it's kind of the same team, essentially. I mean, without their Hobie Baker winner, but uh, small details here. Um, I think... They learned the style, and that's important. Um, I think that might help. Yeah, um, so we're running kind of long here, so we'll do two final questions. So if Penn State does lose this game, if it's like a similar result to last year, a three-goal loss to you know, Denver, which is unquestionably one of the best teams in the country, do you consider this season a success for Penn State? Oh, man, I don't know. I like. I want to say yes, obviously, okay. for the fact that they made the tournament, and you know that's it's 16 teams out of all the teams in college hockey, and that's a testament to you know their their strength as a team in general. So I think in that aspect, just making this tournament uh, for the second year in a row is a, a true you know um, goal that I think they set them for themselves in the beginning of the season. They wanted to make the tournament. So I think that is a positive. Um, but then I, I look at their their record. And I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say that it was, like, a complete success. Um, I think that they, and this is, of course, coming from me, an outsider who never played any of these hockey games myself. Um, <laughs> I think that it's just, it may just be how good the Big Ten was, but they had a losing record in the conference. They were 9, 10, and 5. And, of course, I mean, there's, there's Michigan, there's Ohio State, there's obviously Notre Dame. Um, it's a it's a tough conference, but I really expected Penn State to place a little higher than they did. I think they ended up what fourth? I think it was fourth yeah. or third. Yeah, fourth. Um, and it just I, I don't know. Maybe my expectations were a little too high coming into this season. But an, like I said, a conference record of nine, ten, and five, which is a losing record, is not great. And then the overall record, obviously, of eighteen, fourteen, and five, isn't terrible but it's also not great so like i'm i'm happy that they made the tournament i think that's a great thing especially just for the um uh schools as in general for hockey itself but i think that they definitely their record definitely doesn't really uh, impress me as much as i thought it would okay shania um <laughs> i think the fact that we're even having this conversation when Penn State beat Minnesota four times in a row and made the tournament is a testament that it is a success not to be that annoying person that's like, oh, five years ago, Penn State didn't even have a team. I think it's time to like kind of get over that a little bit. But I think um, the Big Ten, we're going to see um, kind of take here. I think that we're going to see at the end of this tournament that the Big Ten was the best league in college hockey and Penn State held its own in that in a really, really tight race. And I think that is important. Um, but I also don't know, like, I think because we're expecting more that it's it says it's a success, but also we should be expecting more at this point too. If it was a different opponent, I'd say, I'd say that um, if they didn't make it past the first round, it wouldn't be success. But if they improve upon their play last year in Denver's game, then like how else can you measure it? Anything other than a success, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. I, I would agree that I think this year's pretty much a success regardless of the outcome unless Penn State gets destroyed by Denver because it's Penn State has a really similar roster to last year but dealt with injuries a lot more this season. That's true. So it's, it's had overall... You know, before the before the NCAA tournament, worse results. You know, getting knocked out in the Big Ten semifinals and having a around 500, maybe under 500 um, regular season record. So to achieve 
less in that, but with injuries. So it was a similar level of success to what they saw last year, I would, I would say. Um, but yes, like you said, playing Denver close or beating Denver um, makes this year really great. Yeah. Last thing, as always, predictions. Div, go. I, it hurts me, but I'm, I think I'm going to take Denver. I, I want it to be a close game, um, but I really think that Denver's defense is going to be able to um, hinder Penn State's, uh, I guess, identity. I really, really want to be wrong, though, so that would be great if I am. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be closer than people think, but I do think that Denver will ultimately come out on top. Is there a score that you have or no? Um, this is just spitballing. We'll say because close games are fun for Denver, we'll go with like 4-3 or something like that. Okay. Um, I was just joking with you guys that I turned in my preview saying the winner of this game will be hockey fans like you and me because it's like hurting my brain to think of who's going to win this game. Um, but I think... <laughs> I think it'll be a great game, and uh, God, it's like actually hurting me because um, <laughs> it's like we could be um, we who's we. Um, I think <laughs> this is honestly painful, as if you could tell. But I think. Do you want me to go so you can think for a second? Yeah, yeah, please go first. It's hurting me. Okay, four-two Penn State. I think I think it's actually easier than we think, and here's why. We we've talked about how great Denver is, but we haven't brought up the most important part. Penn State is 11, five and three at home. Denver is seven, four and five away. And this game being in Allentown, three hours east of of State College, and I already know like Penn State's ticket allotment already sold out, and a lot more people are making the trip. There's a lot of Penn State alumni in the Lehigh Valley. I think it's going to be pretty much a home game. Penn State takes advantage of that for two win. That was spicy, Doug. I liked it. Thanks. I think it's gonna be going a for guests. I think it's gonna be a three-three tie that goes into overtime. Um, oh my! <laughs> That's a cop out. No, no, no. But then I'll pick. I'll pick the winner. Just let me walk through this mentally. Um, <laughs> this is this is so tough for me. Um, I, I think um, the overtime goal will come from either. <laughs> um, Trevor Hamilton or Troy Terry. Okay, cool, but who wins? Um, <laughs> Whoever scores. Yeah, it can't score if you pass. Can't score. Um, Penn State. Penn State. I'm just, I said it. This is what <laughs> I think, okay? 4 <laughs> 3 in overtime. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's that is it for this episode of the pod. Um, I don't have our our closing spiel in front of me, but follow at Sarah Sivian on Twitter and Div. What's your handle? It's at Kate Divi, which is first four letters of both of my names. It's really simple. Okay, um, <laughs> you don't need to follow me. I don't really say anything interesting, but uh, yeah, subscribe to our podcast on on all all your podcasting sites, and we will see you next time. <laughs>